0: they're as fresh as the breeze eggs come to you fresh every day serve them any way you please eggs are natural and economical so keep enough on hand. nature made them nice and neat high in protein and only 80 calories each eggs are a natural wonder for meals snacks appetizers whatever all you do is heat and eat eggs don't run out Welcome back to another episode of reason to doubt your place for all things skeptical Today we are taking a look at something a little different than what we normally do But I still think it falls within the the realms of skepticism uh, And that is eggs. But before we get there, I am Jared and with me is Jordan today. How are you, Jordan? Um doing all right, uh
1: so are we just like eggs? What are they or exactly
0: <laughs> just eggs in general no um a,
1: a conspiracy like eggs aren't real well, birds aren't real so Bird, yeah
0: so well, now specifically what we 're talking about is the the debate of whether eggs are good or bad for you uh from a nutritional standpoint so we're gonna... uh, well,
1: they are the incredible edible egg as i've been told through my entire life, so <laughs>
0: That is one thing we're going to talk about, actually. Um, We're going to break it down and kind of examine, like, how do we as good skeptics make heads or tails of the controversial topic? Because it's always in, like, media and online, like, eggs are good, eggs are bad, eggs are good, eggs are bad. It keeps going back and forth. So try to want to take a look at it from a skeptical standpoint and see if we can't come up with an answer. Um, Before we do that, though, Today's episode is brought to you by uh, a variation of the straw man fallacy known as nut picking. Are you familiar with this one, Jordan?
1: Uh, no, I actually, until you told me, I heard, I heard you mention it yesterday. I'd never heard of it before.
0: Yeah. So nut picking is a, it's a play on the like cherry picking or nitpicking. Uh, and the nut refers to, you know, like somebody who's insane. And so essentially what nut picking is, is picking out somebody intentionally who holds an extreme like fringe view or, uh, looking for non-representative statements from members of an opposing group and then parading that as if they were, Representative of the whole, you know, so for example, um, you know, creationists will often point to like fringe scientists to imply that their views are representative of scientists as a whole.
1: Or if you went the other way and said, you pointed to Ken Ham and said, this is what Christians believe.
0: Exactly. Uh, Speaking of Ken Ham, uh, Bill Nye actually was accused of nut picking uh, when he chose to debate Ken Ham instead of someone who, you know, held a more moderate, like theistic evolutionist point of view. So. Um,
1: well, I think it, it would be nutpicking if he said, I'm debating Ken Ham because this is mainstream Christianity. Right. But it's different to say, this guy is insane and needs to be challenged. That's not.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not saying that, but he was accused of it. I think he was, it was upheld in a court of law. So
1: I'm I'm going to uh, keep, remember that one, nutpicking.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I, I kind of like it, but. Uh, and the idea why it's closely related to straw man is like, whereas a straw man you set up a easily knockdownable argument, whereas in nut picking you're specifically looking for arguments that somebody makes, but then saying it's you know representative of the whole. So it's a little different. So but.
1: you're basically using it's a real argument, but an argument that's not representative of the group you're talking about.
0: Correct. And so yep, that's nut picking. So. Go out there and pick some nuts, or
1: um, well, don't. <laughs> yeah. unless you're spe- unless <laughs> unless you're going specifically to address the nut, like yeah. unless that's your target audience.
0: Exactly. So uh, I want to give a little disclaimer. Actually, before we dive into this topic, um, my personal opinion is based on my own research into this topic. Um, so please don't take uh, what I say as fact. Uh, I recognize that I'm approaching this topic with some inherent bias already in place, which have influenced how I'm interpreting my findings um but i I try i try to be as objective as possible
1: i also have some inherent bias since i've eaten no less than like 18 eggs this past week (laughs) because it's like one of the only things i can eat because i I just got a gum surgery for people who don't know and so i i can only eat very soft things so i've eaten like an omelet every single day for the past two weeks
0: and uh, i will say um just from the outset i do consume eggs but i try to be cognizant of you know how many i consume and all that stuff so
1: so so what's the controversy what's so uh, the,
0: the controversy is that eggs are bad for you that they raise your blood cholesterol level and they increase your risk of like cardiovascular disease and diabetes and things like that and the controversy is that Other people are saying that eggs don't raise your blood cholesterol levels and they're completely safe and a good source of protein and vitamins and nutrients. So there's two opposing viewpoints here. And uh, when you look on the Internet, it's all over the place. Or if you like print magazines and stuff, everything's out there and you can find an argument or a source saying one side or the other. There usually isn't a middle ground. Um, So before we really dive into that, though, I wanted to give a little history on the debate uh, and kind of set the, the stage. So in 1968, the American Heart Association put forth uh, recommendations that Americans should limit their dietary cholesterol to no more than 300 milligrams per day and that they should not consume more than three egg yolks per week. So that was the first recommendations put forth by the American Heart Association. And that those recommendations were the basis for all dietary guidelines for the next 50 years. In uh, 1977, the federal guidelines were created. So the first federal guidelines were created and recommended that Americans limit their consumption of eggs to reduce their dietary cholesterol. In 1980, the U.S. Department of Agriculture published the first edition of the Dietary Guidelines for Americans. So these are the ones that come out like every 10 or so years, and they're updated for what Americans should eat. And in that, it was a 19-page pamphlet, in that the recommendation was to avoid too much fat, saturated fat, and cholesterol. And they encourage Americans to limit their intake of dietary cholesterol in order to reduce their risk of cardiovascular disease. And they specifically provided eggs as an example of a common food that consumers could moderate in their diet to achieve that goal. And then uh, the last one, so 2010 uh, dietary guidelines, um, same, same thing. The major sources of cholesterol in American diet was eggs. Um, but five years later, in 2015, they came out with new guidelines, and, uh, and this time, the they didn't take a stance on it. They said, quote, "...more research is needed regarding the dose-response relationship between dietary cholesterol and blood cholesterol levels. Adequate evidence is not available for quantitative limit for dietary cholesterol specific to the dietary guidelines." Dietary cholesterol is found only in animal foods such as egg, yolk, dairy products, shellfish, meats, and poultry. So, at this point, there's a major shift in the guidelines. They went from saying, you got to limit your daily intake of cholesterol, citing eggs as a source to five years later, they said, there's not enough evidence. We can't make a recommendation on this. Eat what you want, basically.
1: Did they cite like, Was it just kind of like a vague changing research thing, or did they cite any specific
0: findings? They didn't cite any specific findings, and they basically said there's not enough research. Uh, So they didn't say, like, there's a couple studies out there suggesting this and a couple suggesting this. They just took a, like, we don't know approach, which is good if you don't know. Mm -hmm. But as I think we'll see in a little bit, I think there may have been some lobbyist influence or something else in the works to make them not take a stance.
1: Well, that's what the government says. So, is there research? Is there peer-reviewed studies on this topic?
0: Well, there, there is uh, quite a bit, actually, um, a lot. Um, but before before we get into that, I wanted to just point out, like, if you were to do like a simple Google search on the topic, you're going to come up with a bunch of articles and things on, on the internet. I just did a quick one and said, you know, are eggs good for you? And um, a WebMD article popped up titled, Good Eggs. For nutrition, they're hard to beat. So, um,
1: but well, if WebMD says it, then I mean it, it has MD literally in the name. It's
0: it's literally in there, right? So, um, and then they cite the American Heart Association. You know, says that they allow an egg a day for healthy adults while still advising total cholesterol limit of well, three hundred milligrams.
1: Allowing an egg a day is a lot different than saying go eat an egg a day.
0: Exactly. I'm glad you caught that. (laughs) And uh, they said, of course, it's a good idea to know your blood cholesterol level and talk with your physician about the cholesterol and saturated fat content of your eating plan. People with high cholesterol levels should follow their doctor's advice about eating eggs. Um, So in that article, I couldn't find a single science journal cited or linked within the article to support any of the claims they made. In fact, all of the links went to other WebMD articles like that didn't have any citations in them at all. So it was just like WebMD was linking themselves for their evidence, which is not good science or or, a good thing. But I I like how you noticed that the term allow and like healthy adults. um, If eggs were good for you, why would you need to talk to your doctor before you eat them? Was kind of my question.
1: Well, I think this... So when you're reading research, it's important to go to the actual research, which you're going to do in a bit, yeah. but like, it's very easy to take like a pop article or, you know, a, a newspaper referencing a thing and they're trying to get clicks. They're trying to get people excited about whatever they want. They, they're not going to get anybody to read their, their newspaper if they say, you know, studies are inconclusive about eggs. That's it. Like nobody cares about that. Right. Yeah, so they exactly. have to put something exciting. Yeah. Um, but you, it's important to read the paper and actually dig into the conclusions because often what the actual papers say is much more nuanced and less clear than what the popular media portrayal is.
0: Exactly. So it's like, uh, it seems like the science is always changing. Like the, the bar is shifting. We've kind of seen that even within the dietary guidelines in America, in the public mainstream, you know, the, the advice is shifting back and forth. So how do we make heads or tail this? And so we always recommend here on Reason of Doubt going to peer-reviewed journals for your information, trying or, to get to scientific articles yeah. or going to experts.
1: Right. If, if you can't find a peer-reviewed article on it, at least going to, like, a professional organization of experts. Like, if you're going to look for... COVID-19 information, maybe the Mayo Clinic or Johns Hopkins or someone like that would be reliable.
0: Yeah. Maybe not WebMD, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, just, but peer review doesn't necessarily mean that the findings of the journal articles that you see are a hundred percent accurate. Peer review is just trying to say, Hey, the methods that they use are sound, their argumentation is sound, you know. We've kind of, we can replicate, you know, their results or whatever. Their so.
1: conclusion follows from the evidence as they laid it out. But right. it's important to note that being peer reviewed just as just kind of like as a level of rigor, but it doesn't mean what they concluded is factual. Uh, they might have a small sample size. It might be a case of mistaken causation. It could be that um, it's an anomaly. Like peer reviewed papers disagree all the time. That's just part of the process of science.
0: Yes. And that's how we get better because, you know, you're saying one thing, they say another and they go, oh, well, let me go look into this. But so there's things that we need to look out for in some of these studies, specifically uh, with eggs. So one of those things, which I've already mentioned in myself is, you know, bias and influence. Um, So when we're looking at these studies, we need to be aware if there's any bias or influence that's inherent in these studies. So, a paper titled Industry Funding and Cholesterol Research, a Systematic Review. So, uh, a couple of doctors got together, and what they did was they examined uh, 211 studies since 1950 to see if there was any effect that the funding that the study had impacted the conclusions of the study. And so, in 1950, 0% of the studies uh, had any industry funding. And then, all the way up to 2010 to 2019, of those studies, specifically dealing with eggs, had industry funding. And they found that 49% of industry-funded intervention studies reported conclusions that were disconcordant with study results. So, for example, they would report that net cholesterol increases were described as favorable in the article's stated conclusions, uh, compared to only 13% of non-industry-funded studies. So, there was a huge impact on the study's results, based on whether or not they were funded by the industry or not. That's Um, really interesting. Yeah.
1: And that's why meta-analyses are so useful.
0: Meta-analyses, for
1: anyone who doesn't know, uh, is when they analyze other papers. So they scoop together a bunch of papers published on a topic and then analyze all of their results. So basically, they get a huge sample size and then you can see trends. Like this one, where uh, there might be some influence. It, it's not to say that like just because an industry paid for a paper doesn't necessarily mean the results are not factual. But if you see a clear trend where they're overwhelmingly more likely to report good things, even if that's not what the data actually says... Yeah, yeah, that might be something to keep in mind.
0: And uh, Dr. Bernard, who was one of the, the lead uh, on this review of these studies, uh, he was interviewed by the Washington Post uh, in 2019. And he gave an example of like some of these things that were happening in these studies that were funded by the industry. Uh, and so in 2014, there was a study of college freshmen at Wayne State University. And what they did was they had freshmen consume two eggs at breakfast five days a week over a 14-week period. And then, uh, this increased consumption was associated with a mean LDL cholesterol, so that's the bad cholesterol, uh, 15 milligrams per deciliter of blood. So over that course, their LDL cholesterol raised by 15 points. So despite this raise in the cholesterol, the investigators concluded that the additional 400 milligrams of dietary cholesterol that they were eating a day, so the eggs made their daily intake go up 400 milligrams, they stated that it did not negatively impact the blood lipids. Um, So Dr. Bernard pointed out that the cholesterol change did not reach statistical significance because the sample size was too small, but he said that the correct way to report this is to say the LDL rose a lot, 15 15 points, but we can't rule out the small possibility of chance.
1: So it sounds like they're saying not so much like the results were skewed or the papers are worthless, but that they were casting their results in a more favorable light than was warranted. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So another study was done in, in, a, by, in a Dutch university. I'm not even going to attempt to say its name. Uh, but they gave half of the participants a beverage containing one and a half eggs and the other half the same beverage without eggs. The eggs raised the participants LDL by 9.3 points, while the other participants raised by
1: 3.5. Complete aside, but did you know that they used to serve like alcohol at like the bar with eggs in it yes like that's a thing that apparently still happens at fancy bars it sounds disgusting to me but they like just like crack an egg in there and stir it up like here's your whiskey like, <laughs> i remember watching
0: uh rocky as a kid and uh, you know he cracks like a dozen eggs in the glass and just pounds it oh god yeah. <laughs> yeah. it just sounds disgusting man. i guess
1: uh, the alcohol kills the cholesterol right so or
0: the salmonella i'm not sure <laughs> yeah Anyway, um, that's that's funny. But um so this study with the 9.3 points were raised, uh what they wrote was that changes in LDL is not different. So he pointed out that there's an obvious difference, you know, 9.3 to 3.5, but it could have occurred by chance. So this is another example where they're kind of couching the findings and they, they present the findings, they just in their conclusion in their abstract, they
1: which is another reason why you should be very careful just reading an abstract. It can be kind of tough if you don't like if you don't have like a membership to a university or something. A lot of times these papers are behind paywalls, so all mm-hmm. you can see is the abstract, which is better than nothing. But you have to be very careful because, like you said, while the good stuff should be in the abstract and, and you would hope it would be an accurate representation, sometimes that's not always the case.
0: Exactly. Well. So you might be asking, you know, who are funding these studies? Then, like we talked about, you know, uh, sixty percent of all industry-funded studies right now about eggs. So who who is this? And the biggest one and majority of all the studies are funded either by the American Egg Board or one of their affiliates. Um, And so by uh, Big Egg, by Big Egg, exactly. (laughs) So on their website, their main page, they state. The American Egg Board's mission is to support America's egg farmers and increase demand for eggs and egg products. Like, so, uh, I guess how they do that, they don't care. They just like we're going to make people buy more eggs. So, um, and I'm not suggesting a big conspiracy here with the egg industry. Um, well, that
1: doesn't make it a conspiracy. They have a very clearly stated goal to increase the demand for their product. I mean, yeah. that's not a conspiracy. That's just a business.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, what and what you'll find is a lot of these studies are done specifically to shed good light on eggs. Um, you know, for example, there's certain parameters that you can do. Like you can f- shape a study to say something very specific, right? So, you can shape a study to show like, hey, a very small change in cholesterol levels raised if you, let's say, give the participants a crap ton of saturated fat in their diet as well as the eggs. Like, at some point, you just max out at your cholesterol levels. They're not going to raise anymore, you know? It's not like if you were to eat a bunch of salt, your blood pressure is going to continually go through the roof. At one point, it's going to max out. And so, they can shape these studies to suggest that there isn't a raise in cholesterol.
1: Also, if you have a small sample size, you know that can muddy the waters as well and allow you to draw conclusions that you would like to draw that may not be possible with larger sample size.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so you just got to remember, like Jordan already said, we want to actually read the article. That's really the biggest thing here. If we want to know the facts, don't rely on somebody else's conclusion. Read the article. So s- speaking of small sample size... Uh, One of the claims that's misleading about eggs specifically is, you know, many people will argue that dietary cholesterol does not impact blood cholesterol and therefore it is safe to eat eggs. Um, From what I can find, and most articles that cite something about this, they're all citing a single study that was done in 1971 titled, Effects of Dietary Cholesterol on the Regulation of Total Body Cholesterol in Man. The sample size for that study was eight people. And that kind of seems to be like the basis uh, for what a lot of people are citing. Now, there's been other studies since then, but that is probably the most popular one and the one that's circulated the most. Um, so, what what do the studies say then? And that's what we want to know.
1: Right. So, So, what are the conclusions? We've talked about all the reasons why Big Egg is trying to get you to eat more eggs and why the studies that have been done are perhaps being puffed up more than they should be so what does the science actually
0: tell us so when you parse out the bias when you actually get down to it and look at some of the studies uh it's it's definitively clear that dietary cholesterol specifically from eggs in these studies raises your blood cholesterol levels um ldl and hdl there it's it's clear um a study done Titled, Dietary Cholesterol and Egg Yolks, Not for Patients at Risk of Vascular Disease. So these authors were discussing like this widespread misconception that dietary cholesterol is harmless, kind of like we've already talked about. And they say that the evidence presented in the current review suggests that widespread perception among the public and healthcare professionals that dietary cholesterol is benign, is misplaced. And that improved education is needed to correct this misconception. So they go—that's how they kind of start their study, and then they go through the study and explain why it is the case. Uh, what what they point out, what I thought was interesting, is a lot of these studies about dietary cholesterol are done when people are fasting, um, and we don't live in a fasted state for the most part, you know. So, like if you go to the doctor, you get your cholesterol checked, you're going to get fasted blood levels. But what they said is that most people are in a non-fasted state for at least 18 hours a day because you're eating meals, you're snacking, and then you only have the several hours when you're in bed, when your stomach is actually empty. And so they say it's important to actually check your cholesterol levels and the impact on health when you have food in your system, because that's how we live. Um, And it turns out that when you consume eggs specifically or anything else with dietary cholesterol your blood cholesterol levels raise and then they stay raised as long as you have those things in your system um and and this is known to increase your your risk of cardiovascular disease uh consuming at least one egg or more per day increases your risk of diabetes by 60 percent um
1: that's like if you ate it every single day that's what it would be
0: yeah if you ate your if you ate one egg every single day that's (laughs) what your increase would be and that study was published in the british journal of nutrition so um one that i found was really interesting that kind of definitively stated this was a double blind study where they gave 17 college students um eggs and then an egg substitute so it was a it was a meal that was like prepared for them. So it wasn't just like, here's an egg crack and eat it. It was like, here's a meal that's prepared out of eggs with cholesterol, everything, the yolk still in it. And then they had an egg substitute that tasted almost identical. And so the participants didn't know what they were getting. And when they ate the one that had the actual eggs, their LDL was 12% higher than when they ate the one that was the egg substitute. So it kind of just shows you like, it affects your, your levels there.
1: So it sounds like what the research is saying is that there is a, um, significant increase in cholesterol if you eat eggs, which makes sense. Cause it has a lot of cholesterol in it. That's yeah. uh, the end. So what should we do with this information? Should I immediately take every egg in my fridge and throw it in the backyard? Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, I think what what the examples are is that we need to you just need to be aware of of your own personal health and so most of these doctors and nutritionists are saying hey you don't need to cut out eggs but if you are a healthy individual and you consume eggs every once in a while it's not a big deal but if you're somebody who already has elevated cholesterol levels uh or you already have some other kind of you know comorbidity whether it's cardiovascular disease or already have diabetes then you may want to consider you know <laughs> eating eggs three times a day or something like that. So
1: listen, don't give me these nuanced if else statements. I want a definitive answer that I can put on Buzzfeed and get clicks.
0: Well, (laughs) no one's going to
1: listen to this podcast uh, (laughs) if we give them nuance, Jared.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, one thing that, so one last thing I wanted to bring up was people always say that eggs are a good source of protein. They've probably heard this before. Um, Rocky obviously thought it was a good source of protein. That's why he ate them. So I did. I went on the USDA's website and I looked at the nutritional information for eggs and then four other uh, products. I did quinoa, black beans, almonds, and cheddar cheese, just to see what the comparison was. So, for and this is for a hundred grams. So of each of these products. So hundred grams is about two eggs. Just so you know. So eggs, hundred grams of eggs is one hundred and forty-three calories. And 12 grams of protein, 10 grams of fat, almost zero fiber, and 411 milligrams of cholesterol. That's 111 over your daily allotment. Quinoa is 120 calories, only four grams of protein, two grams of fat. It has 2.8 grams of fiber and zero grams of cholesterol. Black beans, 85 calories, 5.38 grams of fat, 3.8 grams of fiber, zero cholesterol. Almonds, now this one surprised me, 579 calories, 21 grams of protein, 50 grams of fat, 12.5 grams of fiber, and zero cholesterol.
1: I want to hear the cheese. How's right, so,
0: the cheese? So cheddar, 409, gram, 409 calories, 23 grams of protein, 34 grams of fat, zero fiber, and only 100 milligrams of cholesterol.
1: So that's less cholesterol and more protein?
0: Less cholesterol, more protein.
1: So what you're telling me is I should stop eating eggs and just start shoving cheddar into my mouth. Uh,
0: I mean, if you're, if you're concerned about the cholesterol intake, I would say it's a better bang for your buck as far as protein goes. But, well, you,
1: you heard it here first. <laughs> Eat cheddar cheese for your health.
0: <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. You know, people always say eggs are a good source of protein. But when you actually look at them, like for a gram per gram basis, they're really not. Um, you know, cheddar and almonds give you way more bang for your buck so yeah that's just a quick uh overview of the of the topic you know my personal stance is i consume eggs on a you know case by case basis like if i I made pancakes this morning for the kids before they went to breakfast uh, school so we i use eggs in that batter um but i'm cognizant of my own health and my own dietary needs so i try to limit that but i also think that i'm I've educated myself to know, you know, the topic.
1: I think the real lesson learned here, even if you don't care about eggs at all, is you want to get your information from the study. You want to be able to read the study itself and not just the abstract. And you want to, because not everybody is a doctor or whatever is even capable of understanding, like what's all in this technical journal. So you need to go to, um, respectable sources to get your information and don't, uh, run to the egg council to ask them if eggs are good for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, be, It's like when you take your car to the mechanic to get a state inspection, they're like, Hey, you really should get your fluids changed here. It'd only be 300 bucks. I'm like, I don't know. yeah, but so that's, that's the episode. Um, hit us up. If you think that eggs are good for you, let us know all the reasons why hit us up. If you think eggs are bad for you, let us know all the reasons why we'd like to have a, a conversation
1: yeah Uh, and if you have suggestions for what you'd like to hear in the future then you can tell us that too so uh, you can reach us on facebook at facebook.com slash reason to doubt i'm on twitter now the Mm. handle is press x underscore to doubt
0: why Uh, is it press x for those that may not know
1: so uh there's a game called um is it black noir i think there's a video game where you play a detective and um, you're like going to Chicago and you know, detecting things and at one point during the game a suspect tells you something that's suspicious and a prompt comes up that says you pre- you can press X to doubt what they're saying. So <laughs> there's say, the, a, the, the the picture on like our Twitter feed is the dude with the thing It says press X to doubt and he looks all suspicious. So, I, I
0: doubt that. But yeah, that's funny. Because of
1: memes. So yeah. So tell us uh, whether you liked it or if you didn't you know, that's fine too. We want to hear any kind of um, input and I think uh, so now that we've done something very controversial with eggs, I think we're going to next time we're going to dial that controversy back and we're going to talk about critical race theory. Right.
0: Yeah, that's not controversial. Yeah, at so, all.
1: so that shouldn't stir any kind of pots in any way. <laughs> something just nice that we can all agree on.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so until then, remember, you've always got reason to doubt.
0: Peace out.